Wednesday, and we invite you to stay tuned for Sears Radio Theater. Today, you'll hear a story of mystery and suspense with Vincent Price as your host. Howard Duff stars as a detective, and Linda K. Henning is the woman who hires him. The young man is shot to death in a park where 13 governesses are sitting. Listen for the 13th governess. Sears Radio Theater will begin after this message from your local station. Temperature in Chicago, 27 degrees. The outlook for the rest of the night, temperatures steady or rising, with periods of freezing drizzle. Tonight on the CBS Mystery Theater, the president of plant building nuclear reactors suffers a loss of memory for one day with serious consequences. Russell Horton stars in the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presentation, The Missing Day, tonight at 10.30 here on WBBM News Radio 78. This is Vincent Price. Except for the expensive briefcase he's carrying, the young man stepping off the bus looks like a college student. Dressed in casual clothes, he walks deliberately along a street lined with fully restored buildings. Ahead of him, a small child is trying to retrieve a ball which is stuck between the posts of a wrought iron fence. The young man sets down his briefcase and frees the ball. But when he turns around, the briefcase is gone. It's disappeared. No one else is on the street, only the young man and the boy. And oh yes, there, turning the corner, a figure dressed in white. A nurse, perhaps. Or a governess, since she's pushing a baby carriage. The young man hurries after her, but when he reaches the corner, the governess is gone. He crosses the street to a small green park. And there sit 13 governesses, alike in their white uniforms. And before each of them is a baby carriage. The young man wheels. There on the roof of the building which faces the park, a silhouetted figure aims a rifle. The young man, killed instantly, falls without making a sound. The governesses scatter, a mad rush of baby carriages clearing the park paths. The briefcase is gone. And that's only the beginning of our story. Sears Radio Theater. A new adventure in radio listening. Brought to you five nights a week by Sears Roebuck and Company. Sears, where America shops. Your hosts, Lorne Green. I'll bring you stories of the Old West and the New. Andy Griffith with a look at the funny side of life. Vincent Price with tales of mystery and suspense. Cicely Tyson with stories about love, hate, and related things. Richard Whitmark. I'll bring you stories of pure adventure. 
five nights of exceptional entertainment every week. Brought to you in Elliot Lewis production of The Sears Radio Theater. Because Sears Value Dress Shirts are sure to be popular for a number of reasons. They have fashion spread colors, coming classic patterns and solids in short and long sleeves. You'll appreciate the permapressed polyester or polyester cotton blends for easy care, plus at low value prices, what a buy! Just look for me, the Value Dress Shirt label at Sears Men's Store, where style, sense, and satisfaction combine to label me right for you. I love to eat. But it takes so long to cook. That's why we both love our new Kenmore microwave oven from Sears. I can cook a five-pound roast medium rare in just 30 minutes, or three strips of bacon in three and a half minutes on a paper plate. Bake two potatoes in eight minutes, and cook vegetables faster than boiling them in water. That means less time in the kitchen. And more with you. Fast, clean, cool cooking with Sears Kenmore microwave ovens, all with automatic defrost. Choose the right model for your kitchen from the many styles available at most Sears retail stores. Your baby's room. Furnish it with the quaintness and charm of Sears Jenny Lynn's crib dresser and chest. Your baby will be secure in our old-fashioned crib built with high sides and a safety drop-side latch. And each handsome maple-colored piece comes in a non-toxic finish. Sears Jenny Lynn dresser and chest is furniture that will adapt gracefully as baby grows older, too. So visit us soon, because Sears has baby buys bundled up. Available at most Sears retail stores. A shopping center, by definition, is a place where you shop for groceries, sundries, medicines, toys, hobbies, and so on and so on. This particular shopping center has an added service. Note the discreet sign, Harry Holiday, Private Investigations, Confidential Matters. What sort of a man performs those services in a shopping center? something so bad you can taste it. That's how bad I always wanted to be a private investigator. I don't remember when the idea first came to me. I only know that it was something I had for. I worked as a cop, as a private guard. I took classes. I spent time working for one of those large outfits. I took tests. And son of a gun, I passed and I got a license. And here's what really has me shaking my head in wondrous delight. My first case was a murder. Matthew, he was... Yeah, I, uh, I read about 
out in the paper. Killed with a rifle fired by a person or persons unknown. I'm sorry. The police said the shot probably came from the top of a building that adjoins the park my husband was in. It's their feeling some neighborhood kid was fooling around taking pot shots and accidentally hit Matt. I came to you because their explanation is, is so improbable. Uh, do you live near the park? No. Does your husband work in that neighborhood? No. I don't know why he was there. He didn't... Will you do it for me? Find out who killed Matt? I I don't have a great deal of money. You pay me by the day, plus my expenses. If we get lucky, it shouldn't cost you over a thousand. She nodded her agreement and opened her purse. She fumbled around in it before she remembered she was wearing dark glasses. She slid them off. Her eyes were red-rimmed, expression and lost. She was a young widow, filled with anguish and despair over the death of her young husband. the shot had been fired. A cold marble lobby separated door and elevators. Midway was a desk where renters picked up phone messages and mail, and where intruders such as me had to stop and be identified by an efficient-looking lady. I told her I was interested in renting an apartment, and she directed me to the rental agent, apartment 101, first door to your right after you turn left of the elevators. I rang, and the door was opened by a short, fiercely mustached man with bright blue eyes lined from peering into the sun. I'm uh, interested in running an apartment in this area. Oh, come in, sir, come in. Major Emery Griffith, sir, uh, retired from Her Majesty's service. Major? Uh, Mrs. Griffith is the house renting agent, but she's not immediately at home. Now, uh, how can I be of service, sir? Is there an apartment available on the top floor, uh, overlooking the park? Oh, <laughs> jolly good time for the question, sir, jolly good. The wards are planning a year-long cruise, you see? Uh, out of the country, 12 full months, and perhaps interested in subletting for that period, you know. Would that interest you? Why, uh, yes, it might. My, my wife has this uh, wish to settle in for a while, all that moving about the last two years, you know. He ate it up, nodding crisply at the invented travels my eventual wife and I had been taking. The wards were out, he told me, and led me to the elevator located directly across the lobby from the eagle-eyed woman at the front desk who would have seen anyone coming or going. Is there a freight elevator for our furniture? Oh, yes, yes. It, it runs from the basement to the top floor, at the opposite end of the building. Of course. Ah, here we are. Now, if you'll follow me. Well, you're very fortunate. The wards only made their decision a day or two ago. Uh, now, now we'll see if I brought the proper key, what? <laughs> Up to you, sir. You'll see it's two bedrooms, to the left and right, before you reach the living room, which is directly ahead. And the kitchen is to your right, and there are two full baths. Lovely places, you can see. Ah, lovely, lovely. Our tenants often take the sun down there in the park, you know, where those governesses are sitting. Or we allow them to use a roof just above you, sir, which can be reached by stairs at either end of the building. Yeah, very nice, sir. Very, very, very nice. I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring my wife, if you don't mind. I'd, uh, I'd need her opinion. You understand that? Oh, of course, of course, sir. Guy I went to school with, Ben Wheeler, works in the morgue in the morning newspaper, and he let me find a corner where I could go through the newspaper's file stories of Matt Robeson's murder. You're suggesting Robeson's death wasn't an accident, sir? Well, I don't think so. This her, Harry? Hmm? The pretty lady in black? Yeah, that's okay. her. And behind her, her parents, beside her, a family friend, Zachary West. Uh. How about that mustache? <laughs> He's a hairy one, isn't he? 
Hey, hey, look here. Tragic family says her brother was killed in a boating accident two years ago. Out sailing, storm came up, boat sank. Mm -hmm. Found a cushion the next day, boat and brother gone. Here's the picture you ran on him. Yeah. And it looks like his sister. Yeah. Hey, can I get copies of this? Well, lousy quality, but sure, sure. I found family friend Zachary West's address in the phone book and drove out there. A big sign out front read, Century One Apartments, first in a series of posh pads for swinging singles. I parked across the street just as a dashing red sports car shifted down, mufflers burning, and ducked into the underground garage. The driver was the man in the newspaper picture, Zachary West, of all the hair. I got out and managed to bump into him on one of the pads. Instead of being straightforward, I put on my puzzled, ingenuous face. You find out more things that way. You look lost. Help you? <laughs> yes, I, uh, I I, thought maybe I'd, I'd uh, like to rent an apartment. You picked the best spot. I'll steer you to the manager's office. Well, that, that's very, very nice of you. Appreciate it. No sweat. Uh, uh, what happens if you, if you move in and, and, and then decide to get married? Why get married when it's all lying around waiting for you? <laughs> there we are. Lorenzo, I bring you a customer. Welcome, welcome. Lorenzo is manager, master of ceremonies, and what one might call confessor arranger for our community. All right, glad to see you. Zach, tonight's 15B's birthday party. Count on me. Uh, I'm in 86A. Drop in for a drink anytime. And don't hesitate to bring one or two guests, even three. I'll show you some of the apartments. You prefer blonde neighbors, uh, brunettes? Uh, uh, speckled if they come that way. <laughs> he showed me a series of flashy apartments, all furnished for a race of people who only got out of bed to have a drink or smoke a joint. I told him I'd let him go and left to the garage, which gave me the chance to write down the license number on Zachary West's red sports car. I'd only driven a couple of blocks when I saw that someone was following me. A young woman, long black hair blowing, driving a beat-up station wagon. When I got to the shopping center, I drove around to the back where my office is and parked at the H. Holiday stencil. She circled, pulled into an empty space, and slid out, peering around like a baby bird looking for his mother. She tried to see where I'd gone. She spotted my car and came toward me. As she arrived, I stepped out. Oh! Looking for something? What? Uh, no, why? Because you were following me. Why? Why? That's a laugh. Why? Because I saw you before writing down Zachary's license number. What sort of behavior is that? I didn't take down his license plate, silly. I took the number of the car next to him. I'm an insurance adjuster, not that it's any of your business. Any further questions? Oh. Well, what do, you, what do you say? I got this impression you were a cop, and I couldn't understand Me? Zachary, what he could have done to bring out the fuzz, so that's why I... Excuse me. Quite all right. Perfectly logical error. She seemed to be just a nice young lady looking out for a friend. Or, uh, so I believe then. At all events, she left me with an enormous curiosity about Zachary West. So next morning, I waited outside his apartment. Followed him into the city, parked where he parked, and sat beside him at the counter of the coffee shop where he ate breakfast. I recommend the waffles. Yeah, uh, waffles, miss. And a uh, coffee now, please. If you had questions, why didn't you ask me? Valerie hire you? Yeah. Well, what do you want to know? Well, I'm trying to find out if anyone wanted to kill Matt. I saw the newspaper picture of you at the funeral. 
Uh, were you uh, Matt's friend or Valerie's? Both. I introduced him, as a matter of fact. And Valerie works for me. I'm a clothes designer, men's and women's wear. Oh. Any idea why Matt was killed? Well, the police call it an accident, according to the newspapers. Valerie doesn't think so. Well, Valerie's a new widow. It's very difficult for her to accept what's happened. Did you know her brother, the one who uh, died in the boating accident? Larry? Well, yes, he's how I met Valerie. What's that got to do with... Oh, don't, don't let your waffle get cold. Here's my business card. Call any time I can be of help. Yeah, yeah, right. Henry Robeson lived in the middle of an old housing crack. Dora Filbert, who was enshrouded in what my grandmother called a rapper. I don't know what Matt was doing in the park. He left here about 7.30. He had a 9 o'clock class at the university. Did you ever get there? No. Now, when I was uh, reading the background on this matter, I ran into the information about your brother. I'm very sorry. It was a terrible loss. Were you uh, close to your brother? No one was close to Larry. He was a bachelor, what you'd call a swinger. Girl in every port sort of man. He, he didn't even have a job. His father kept after him. But Larry always had an excuse for not working. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm late. Uh, will you excuse me? Well, sure. Uh, if it's all right, I'd like to talk to your mother for a minute, too. Of course. Uh, I'll be late, Mother. Zachary has a show tonight, and I said I'd work it. All right, One of the girls is sick. Oh. Bye. Bye-bye. I'd, uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about your son, Larry. Uh, would you mind? Uh, no. But what does that have to do with Matt's death? Mm, I don't know. Probably nothing. Do, do you agree that Larry's death was an accident? I'm sure that in your profession you hear all sorts of things about people. Well, I don't surprise easily, if that's what you mean. What I'm going to say is in confidence. Of course. I think Larry took his own life. Larry and another young man, Zachary West, they were very close. Too close, if you understand my meaning. I think I do. His father spoke to him about it. His father told Larry he was less than a man, and he didn't want to have anything to do with him. Larry went up to the lake the very next morning, and that's why I think he took his own life. And certainly he's... He's better off, in my opinion. Did your son-in-law, Matt, you know Larry? Oh, no. Valerie got to know Matt after Larry was gone. Oh, I see. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Mrs. Slover. Oh, uh, one other thing. Valerie said Matt was taking some classes at the university. In what, you know? Oh, photography, of course. He was learning to be a photographer. <laughs> suppose you want to know if he was a good student, uh, innovative, questioning, and so forth? Yeah, things like that. No. Although he spent an inordinate amount of time here. Matthew Robeson was a man that didn't even own a decent camera. And yet he was in my class. Now, one must ask oneself, why? Why? Because Matt's own personal interest for what motivated and guided him. 
His time here was spent in the dark when we cleaned it up, set out the chemicals, stacked, sorted the photographic papers, cleaned the enlargers. Any notion why? Oh, sure. He needed a place to develop his own work. Things he didn't want anyone else to see. Pictures? Of course. Did he keep the negatives and prints here? Oh, you mean no one has mentioned Matthew Robeson's out-of-shape case? Why, that was the most obvious and apparent thing about him. He was a scruffy little man, late 20s, skinny, wild clothes, who always walked in a slouch hurriedly. He was never without this attache case, like a small suitcase, very expensive, never out of his grasp. Well, I would assume that that's where he kept his goodies. Why goodies? Well, Matt Robeson was a man to do anything for a buck, and I mean that, literally. Whatever he was peddling was in that attache case. Now, it's just a shame you didn't know him. You missed out on a real oddball. I drove from there to Zachary West's showroom to look for Valerie. I entered a salon where I was showing up Zachary West's small selection of clothes for the career woman. Among the natty outfits on display were wardrobes for lady mail carriers, surgeons, bus drivers, and lawyers. As I entered the room, the young woman with the station wagon was walking on stage to join the others. And would you believe it? She was dressed as a governess. America Shops invites you to apply for the Sears credit card. It gives you credit in over 3,600 Sears stores coast to coast. Whether you live or travel in any of the 50 states, there's a Sears store where you can shop for what you need for your family, home, or car. You can apply for the Sears credit card at any Sears store or by calling this toll-free number now. Call 800-526-0444. That's 800-526-0444. New Jersey residents call 800-652-2777. I can't believe they can do it for $19.99. Installed the aluminized Sears Muzzlers, only $19.99 installed. And listen to the Muzzler promise. Sears promises that the Muzzler will last as long as you own your American-made car. Or return it for refund or replacement free. And if Sears installed it, they'll install the new one for free. Well, you can't beat that. I think it's fantastic. It's a great promise. The Muzzler, just $19.99 installed. Clamps have needed $0.99 cents each extra. Sizes to fit most American-made cars. Prices may vary in Alaska and Hawaii at most Sears Tire and Auto Center. Nearly everyone at our party mentioned our new Sears Dream Supreme carpeting. Didn't anyone say anything about my rutabaga dip? Marvin said Dream Supreme looks so thick and luxurious. He loved its velvety soft plush pile. What about my rutabaga dip? Eloise adored the color. Of my rutabaga dip. I told her that avocado lime is just one of Dream Supreme's 20 lustrous colors, and when Doris heard that Dream Supreme is so reasonably priced and treated with Scotchgard brand fabric protector... Okay, what about my tuna fish upside down cake? Dream Supreme carpeting in most larger Sears retail stores. Are we finally set for grandma's? I think so. We've got the new Sears Travel Guard baby seat in the car. Right, and the extra sleep and play baby seats. Oh, grandma will love those. They're so cute and yet practical. The extra baby blankets and bottles are in the vinyl diaper bag. Oh, Sears certainly did make shopping for the baby easy. Sure did. Well, I think we've got everything. Um, honey, I think you've forgotten something. Hmm? <gasps> the baby. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Holiday wasn't comfortable sitting on a folding wooden 
chair watching a fashion show. But being the gung-ho type fellow he was, he sat there like a little gentleman and took it all in. When the show was over, he bought his client a drink in one of those dark English tavern replicas where patrons hid in shadowy booths tucked into dark corners. Is that a shake case? Mm -hmm. He wasn't carrying it when he was shot. Any idea where it might be? No, he never put it down. He lugged it around all the time. I can't imagine where it is. When you asked me to help you, did you suspect something? Suspect? Well, that he might have been seeing someone else, and uh, that's what he was doing in the park that morning, meeting somebody? Oh, no, I never thought Matt would cheat. He wasn't that sort of man. Matt's only weakness was his greed. Oh, he was a sweet, dear man when we got married. Then, well, somehow, I must have given him the impression, of, well, led him to believe that, well, that I was dissatisfied with our life, that I expected more from him. And I didn't, really. It's just that I kept hoping he'd find himself, stop drifting, that terrible, restless drifting. I don't know why, because I don't find any connection. But I can't help remembering that in the pictures I saw of your brother's funeral, there was no casket. Uh, was he cremated? No, because there wasn't a body. They never recovered it? They told us that often happens in deep lakes. The body is trapped in the boat. We held the services anyway, of course. No, yes, of course. The next morning, I called an old army buddy who worked in the Department of Motor Vehicles and gave him the license plate number of the battle station wagon and asked for the owner's name and address. And then I got a phone call from the answering service, a Major Griffiths, who wanted to speak to me. Oh, is that apartment you liked is available? The Major told me. The wards have found a freighter leaving with a tide tomorrow night. Yes, uh, the place needs a bit of cleaning, you know. There's some soap and water and chill pass inspection. Uh, I'll hang on to it until your wife comes by, what? I thanked him, had some breakfast, and went over there. The Major and his wife were out. The lady sitting guard on the front desk told me. But Mrs. Ward was expecting me. Just go right on up. I did. Oh, you must be Mr. Holiday about the apartment. That's right. I isn't your wife? Uh, she'll uh, be along later. I left word at the desk to send her up. Oh, please come in. Thank you. You'll forgive the mess, but suddenly we're on our way, and it's really so exciting. All the way around the world, can you imagine? And on a freighter. She babbled on, absolutely delighted with the new adventure she was about to have. She was a pretty, bright-eyed little woman in her mid-thirties, and her face was flushed from her exertions. She was putting things into several large packing cases in the center of the room, which would be stored until their return, and she'd unclose that were to be taken in a large wardrobe. Half hidden behind a few dresses was a governess's white outfit. She saw me staring at it. I won't be needing that anymore, thank goodness. She continued her work, chattering on about their sudden departure, how lucky they'd been to find a freighter with space for them. And my poor husband out gathering passports and letters of credit, all the things but needs. And speaking of good fortune, tomorrow is our first wedding anniversary. We'll be sailing the high seas in celebration. <laughs> What's that? Oh, well, I'd have told you about that anyway. Some of the tenants sun themselves on the roof, and when they step out of the stairwell, it makes that sound. Oh, I see. It happens very infrequently. Oh, look, there's Teddy. <laughs> he sees me. It all happened very quickly. Her husband, Teddy, was walking across the park toward us. He looked up and started to wave, and then he must have seen something because he opened his mouth to shout, and then the bullet hit him and he slumped onto the pavement. The governess is in the park scattering like dry leaves in the wind. I 
was out of the apartment almost as soon as I heard the sharp snap of the rifle fired from the roof above me. I heard the freight elevator groaning down to the basement and raced after it. But no one was there, and the alley was empty. By the time I got around to the park, Mrs. Ward was kneeling on the path beside her husband. She didn't cry. She almost looked as though she'd expected. It had to happen. Well, why do you say that? You can't live as he did without suffering the consequences. I kept making believe that everything was all right, that the money he brought home was legitimately earned. But that silly governess costumes, the exchange of envelopes that a baby carries, all of us was a prank, not something real, something that would end in this. She didn't say anything more. She answered questions put to her by the first policeman who arrived, and then spoke to the homicide men. They questioned me, I told them what I'd observed, and nothing more, then ducked out of there. Soon after I got back in the office, the call I'd been afraid I'd get came in. The police just left. We, we can't believe it. It's, it's been two years, and he never... I'd uh, like to come by later in the day. Uh, my father's coming down to be with us. Who did it? Who shot Larry? Or, uh, what was he calling himself? Uh, Teddy Ward? I don't think they know who shot him. And it's something to do with Matt's death. It happened the same, the same way, in the same place. That's what I'm trying to find out. The minute I hung up, I got a call from my buddy at the Department of Motor Vehicles. The owner of the station wagon was Roxanne Lucetti, and he gave me her address, a place called the Aloha Arms. Her apartment faced the court, which featured a postage stamp-sized swimming pool, being cleaned by a tan young man with long blonde hair and an earring. Yeah? What? Well, look who's here. What do you want? Well, I'd uh, like to ask you a couple of questions. Come in. Although I don't recall we have any unfinished business to discuss. Hey, nice little apartment. Your mother decorated? What's that supposed to mean? Well, nothing really, but everything's sort of square in here, and you seem to me to be more of an individualist. What's the matter with you? You come in here without a how do you do or how are you feeling today, then you start to make critical statements about me and my family. Not critical at all. No criticism implied or intended. What sort of a person are you making fun of me? Hey, hey, hey come on, come on, come on. Take it easy with that bag. Oh, oh, hey, no! Hey, what do you got in here? Concrete? Come on now. No. Now, fun's fun. But now, now, give me that. That's perfect. Hey. Don't open it. What have we got here? Well, bless my heart. Just what every lady must carry in her bag. A rifle scope. Give me that. Is it yours? Hmm? Is uh, uh, this your scope? I didn't realize you were a marksman. Uh, uh, pardon, a uh, markswoman. It's not mine. Well, why is it in your bag? This, this friend asked me to sell it for him. What friend? I don't remember his name. Now go away. You know, you're really a terrible liar. Your whole character changes. I, I like you better when you're yelling and screaming. You just listen... I was nice enough to allow you to come into my apartment. And then all you do is cast aspersion after aspersions at me and my friends. And it's none of your bleep business. So why don't you just go away and leave me alone? What kind of a jerk are you? Okay, okay, gotcha. I stopped for a minute outside the door. I couldn't be sure, but I thought I heard her crying. Uh, crying her heart out, as the fellow says.
Radio Theater will return after this message from your local station. If you have a child with a handicap, we have some good news. And some very good news. The good news is there's a new law that guarantees your child the right to the special education he needs. Evaluation procedures conform to the corresponding requirements in the final regulation of Section 504. But here's the very good news. The term continuum as with least restrictive environment is commonly used by... You don't have to hire a lawyer to explain how this rather complicated new law can help your child. Is in accordance with specific performance criteria related to the program objective. We can explain the law. In clear, simple language. Free information under sub-clause E of clause 1 of subsection B. The commissioner there... Just write Closer Look, Box 1492, Washington, D.C., 20013. That's Closer Look, Box 1492, Washington, D.C., 20013. A public service message on behalf of the United States Office of Education. I gained 20 pounds in two months. Chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, I never lost that weight either. Uh, with me, it was different. I was climbing the walls, yelling at the kids. I just couldn't live with myself. Mm, neither could Dan, could he? No, not really. He said having a wife that smoked was better than being terrorized day and night. Huh, better a friendly dragon than a nasty dragon, huh? Right. So anyway, I'm back to a pack and a half a day, addicted just like I was. Well, let's before. hold it right there. The American Heart Association wants you to know that smoking cigarettes becomes a habit, not an addiction. Habits can be broken. Smoking is a matter of choice, not destiny. We can help you quit. You don't have to gain weight or climb the walls. Contact your American Heart Association for a free booklet that explains how to break your cigarette habit step by step. The American Heart Association wants you to know we're fighting for your life. Vincent Price again, and here's the concluding act of The Thirteenth Governess. I think you can sense death around the place. The Robeson house seemed to be engulfed in it. The house itself appeared to be in mourning, although it probably was only the gray, sullen day. Valerie let me in. Her mother and father were sitting in the living room, coffee cups balanced in their hands, as though they'd forgotten they were holding them. Mr. Filbert was a tall, slender man with thinning hair and steel-framed eyeglasses. It looked as though he might once have been head clerk in a hardware store. After I'd been introduced, they picked up an angry conversation where I'd interrupted them. I mourned him once, Dora. Once is all I got in me. So far as I'm concerned, he died two years ago. You killed him two years no, ago? No, I didn't kill him. I didn't. You've been accusing me for two years that I killed my son. Oh, how long will you two do this to each other? Now stop it. She's been after me for two years, Val, how I killed her son. Now she finds I didn't, she don't know what to say to hurt me. Uh, uh Mr. Tobert? Yes? I, uh, wonder if we could talk, just you and me. Mother and I'll go into the kitchen. Come on, Mother. Uh... Mr. Filbert, uh, why does your wife believe you're responsible for your son's death? The death that never happened, you mean? Because she claims I called him a pervert, and that drove him to take his life. Did you? When a young man don't work and accepts money from men, to my way of thinking, that's perverted. That's what I told my son Larry. His mother misinterpreted what I meant. What did you mean? Larry wasn't never without that camera of his is what I meant. Yet he didn't want to show me or his family what sort of pictures he was taking. 
I think them pictures is what he got money for. I think his camera's what finally got him killed for real. Blackmail? Is that what you're trying to say? That's my opinion. The question yelling for an answer was who Larry thought it had been blackmailing as himself and as Teddy Ward. I drove over to the apartment where Mrs. Ward had her personal things hastily packed. I can't stay. I look down there into that pretty little park and it terrifies me. Uh, Mrs. Ward, were you and your husband here when the first murder was committed? Oh, I think that's why Teddy was shot. Oh? He saw something that morning, something that surprised him. Yes. He got his camera, the one with the telephoto lens, and he started to take some pictures. Mm. We both heard the noise, the thumping sound when someone steps onto the roof, and then this funny popping. Shots? Yes. And the young man in the park fell. The governesses all ran, of course. Teddy dashed out the door with his camera. He came back before the police arrived, and he was laughing. Can you imagine that? We're going to take a trip around the world, he told me. First cabin around the globe, because my ship just came in. He uh, developed his own films, of course, uh, here? Yes, in here. She led me to a bathroom her husband had used. It's a dark room, crowded with enlarger tanks, chemicals, and papers. She searched through a drawer until she found a picture taken with a telephone of young Matt Rosen in the park just before he was shot. And then she handed me another envelope with another picture. This of a man holding a rifle. A picture taken in the alley behind the building near the freight elevator exit. The man was no one I'd ever seen before. Old as Kojak, wearing thick eyeglasses with heavy black frames and clean-shaven. That's the picture Teddy took after the shooting. You know the man? No, but... Uh... You, you've seen it before, is that it? Yes. Where? In another picture. Teddy said once, this is your bank account. With this in your hand, you'll never be broke. It's too late to hide it, isn't it? Much too late. She unlocked a drawer at the bottom of one of the cabinets and lifted out a manila envelope. I opened it. Pictures of the same man. In the first, he was drilling a hole in the caulking on the bottom of a small beach sailboat. In the second, a night shot, he looked with surprise and fright at the camera flash. It was winter. Some snow could be seen in the street in what seemed to be a suburban neighborhood. A man stood beside an automobile. A small object lay on the ground beside the car's right front wheel. I asked Mrs. Ward if I could take the pictures. Of course. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, why did your husband photograph the young man in the park? He was surprised to see him there. Right. I, I don't think I understand. Well, the only other times he'd been there was when I wore my governess outfit and traded envelopes with him. It was strange because I wasn't there. And the young man wasn't carrying his attitude case. Did your husband say anything? Yes. And I thought it was odd. Do a friend a favor, he said, and look at the greedy little dickens. The only way I could make any sense out of it was to begin with a photograph of the bald-headed man standing in the snowy street beside his car. At the university, Norman Fields opened one of the dark rooms for me and made a new negative of the old picture Teddy Ward had shot. From this, Fields made a series of blow-ups showing sections of the picture. The bald man, in a state of shock, was standing alongside his car, and beside the front wheel was a child's shoe. By lightening the printing tone, changing the contrast, what's called dodging, you're able to see under the car. And there was a crumpled bicycle and the hideously mangled body of a child. 
was the only one involved in the mess who'd known all the principals through everything that had happened, and I wanted to ask him who the man was. Buy you a drink? Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, vodka on the rocks. Fine. What brings you here? I'm uh, trying to locate somebody. Someone I know? Well, I think maybe you do. Here's your drink. Thank you. I'll leave the door open and we can talk while I get cleaned up. Uh, man or woman? Man. Any idea where I'd know him from? He had a business arrangement with Larry Filbert. Say, did you read about that? Can you imagine a guy changing his name, living a whole other life? This man I'm looking for uh, knew Larry Filbert, and I think also knew him as uh, Teddy Ward. No kidding. Excuse me. Sure. He uh, shot Matt Robeson and Larry Filbert, uh, Teddy Ward, whatever you call him, with a rifle. What do you want me to do? I don't follow you. I uh, know what this man looks like. I'll show you his picture, and maybe you can identify him. I'm glad to help, of course, but... Up to now, you haven't given me too many clues on the guy. Bald, with dark framed glasses, that isn't much a go on. Clean shaven, too, you said, huh? You know how it is when something strikes you. I hadn't said anything about how my phantom murderer looked, and out came the description to a T from Zachary West. I took the rifleman's picture from my pocket and a pencil, and I put hair on the bald head, erased the thick-rimmed glasses from over the eyes, and added a mustache. How's your drink? Uh, fine. Now, let me ask you something. Shoot! How did you feel when you found out your new blackmailer, uh, Teddy Ward, was really Larry Filbert, the man you thought you'd killed in that boat accident? Hey, slow down. You're throwing a lot of names at me like I'm supposed to know them. Well, no, that's not true. You know them. Uh, Larry blackmailed you after the hit-and-run accident with the child, so you tried to get rid of him by sinking his boat. So now here you are in town, thinking you're out of it, and Teddy Ward calls you, and the whole thing starts again. Only this time, there's more. There are pictures of you sinking the boat. I keep trying to imagine what you looked like when you found out you were being blackmailed by a dead man. I mean, wow, I, I would have had a fit. Well, what did you do? Uh, follow Mrs. Ward to her apartment after she traded envelopes with Matt? That a picture of me? He was standing in the doorway, bald head, no mustache, no glasses. Just to make the picture complete, he was casually aiming the rifle in my general direction. Just enough so I wouldn't misunderstand him. Smart young fellow like you is bound to get into trouble. No, not so smart. Until a couple of minutes ago, everybody thought there was another man. It's really remarkable what a hairpiece and a phony mustache and contact lenses can do to change a person. Remarkable. You know what troubles me, though? How'd poor Matt Robeson get involved in all this? His brother-in-law wanted to help him out, pass him a little money. I gave money to Roxanne, she gave it to Matt, he gave it to that governess until he got greedy and decided to go it on his own. Motivation. Money runs the ship, my lad. Money's what makes the world go round. Although I can't believe you're getting enough for what's about to happen to you. Move, please. We're getting out of here. Why'd you uh, run away from the accident? If you'd stayed, maybe that little girl could have been saved. No way. Come along now. Where's Zach? Uh, we were uh, just going out to pick him up. Well, his car's here. Uh, his, uh, his friend uh, Gilbert here uh, uh, drove it over. Uh, uh, Gil, uh, let me show him the rifle. 
Hey, look at this. Isn't it beaut? Oh, bought it for Zach for his birthday. Uh, come on, Gil. Uh, we better get going. Hey, you guys will bring his act to his party, won't you? I mean, we got all his booze and food and, you know, the trappings, little foxes, all sizes. We'll, we'll bring Zach back. Don't worry about it, but go ahead. Get the party started. Okay. <laughs> Rifle in hand, I ease Zachary West out of there. He made a couple of moves, like he wanted to grab the gun and get away. By the time we got to my car, he was a limp sack. All the fire was gone. He ducked the responsibility long ago. He'd run away and killed two men who tried to bleed him. And finally, there wasn't any place to hide. No place at all. He sat in the front seat of the car, blinking his eyes behind the thick glasses, letting what had happened to him sink in. And like I said, that's how I handled my first murder case. Generations ago, families dined by the warmth of the open hearth. Today, Sears rekindles this spirit with its open hearth dining room furniture. Faithfully rendered early American designs and careful workmanship give it an heirloom quality. The satin glow and warm highlighting of Sears open hearth take 26 steps to achieve. There's no shorter method to bring out the beauty of the wood. And like all good furniture, open hearth is made to last for a long time with sturdy tongue and groove and mortise and tenon construction. Choose from 16 different pieces of open hearth at most Sears retail stores. this stylish man's dress shirt. I'm a Sears Value dress shirt label just popping with pride because Sears Value dress shirts are sure to be popular for a number of reasons. They have fashion spread collars coming classic patterns and solids in short and long sleeves. You'll appreciate the permapressed polyester or polyester cotton blends for easy care plus at low value prices, what a buy! Just look for me, the Value dress shirt label at Sears Men's Store where style, sense and satisfaction combine to label me right for you. I sell draperies at Sears. Yesterday, a lady came in and said that she'd been in and out of about every store in town looking for draperies and at this point didn't know what she wanted anymore. I asked questions about her tastes and decor and then made suggestions. She was thrilled. She found what she wanted and learned a little too. It made me feel good to know that I helped her out. Sears people are friendly people who help you find what you want. nights a week by Sears Roebuck and Company. Sears, where America shops. The 13th Governess was written, produced, and directed by Elliot Lewis. Your host was Vincent Price. Our star was Howard Duff. Also heard were Linda K. Henning, Deborah Wally, Lorraine Tuttle, Marvin Miller, 
Ben Wright, Sidney Miller, Peggy Weber. The music for Sears Radio Theater was composed and conducted by Nelson Riddle. Mark Gilmore speaking. The Elliott Lewis production of Sears Radio Theater is a presentation of CBR. I'm lost and lonely, scared and sad, trembling at the thought of making you mad. My love is yours, but at times you're so cold. If life's like this, take me before I grow old. This song was written by a man now serving time in a state prison. Most of the men and women in prison today were abused children, and many abused children grow up to abuse their own children. Child abusers can be helped. Find out how. Write Prevent Child Abuse, Box 2866, Chicago, Illinois, 60690. Please stop the hurt. I've suffered since my birth. of the Ad Council and National Committee for Prevention of Child Abuse. Your satisfaction is our satisfaction at Towson Pontiac. Towson Pontiac. You've got to go to Towson Pontiac and buy a car. It's really important. It's important to you and it's important to Mr. Townsend. Now you could buy a beautiful new 79 Pontiac. Townsend has such a great selection, you won't have any trouble finding the car you want. Or you could buy a great new four-wheel drive International Scout. Boy, that'll take you where you've got to go and back again. Come on, it's important. Why? Well, Jack Townsend knows that once you're a Townsend customer, you wouldn't want to buy anywhere else. And that's important to Mr. Townsend. Broadway, Merrillville, Indiana. Cicely Tyson will be your hostess tomorrow for a warm-hearted story of two young people trying to help two elderly ladies find a suitable rest home. Our original story is called This Home is Dissolved, so be sure to tune in to this station tomorrow to hear the Sears Radio Theater. you can start helping yourself to feel 15 to 25 years younger than you are today. You're never too old to grow young. That's the encouraging message of medical authorities in a special 48-page report called 10 Ways to Grow Healthier as You Grow Older. Based on recent medical research, this informative and useful report was prepared by America's largest better health magazine, Prevention, that you are free as a new subscriber. 10 Ways to Grow Healthier as You Grow Older tells about a new method to help you fall asleep faster, about the simple dietary substance that scientists believe may sharpen your memory, about the nutritional program that may add life to your sex life, and much more. If you'd like to receive this free report, you're invited to try 12 monthly issues of prevention for only $6.99. If you don't like the first issue, cancel. You keep the issue. You keep the special report, too, and owe nothing. Send no money now. Just phone toll-free 800-331-1000. That's 800-331-1000. For prevention and your free report, call 800-331-1000.
CBS News, the Soviet ambassador in Washington called in tonight to hear a strong U.S. protest connected with the killing today of the U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan. I'm David Jackson reporting on the CBS radio network. Ambassador Adolf Dubs was shot to death in a gun battle between his kidnappers and Afghan police who rushed the hotel where he was being held. State Department spokesman Hotting Carter tonight revealed that Soviet advisors were on the scene in Kabul when the fighting took place. He says Acting Secretary of State Warren Christopher in Washington tonight summoned Soviet Ambassador Dobrynian to the State Department to lodge an official complaint about the role the advisors played. The acting secretary said that he was not accusing the Soviet advisors of responsibility for the ambassador's death. He did, however, charge them with failure to heed repeated requests by U.S. embassy officials that the assault on the hotel in which Ambassador Dubs was held not be undertaken. Carter also said some American citizens were taken from the U.S. Embassy in Iran when it was overrun by leftist guerrillas this morning. On the question of Americans missing from the compound, the last report we have is that some 18 Americans uh, may in fact not have returned uh, to the compound. However, it at least seems on the basis of the latest reports that their whereabouts is known and that they are reportedly going to be returned or are returning and are in any case physically okay. More to use in a minute. I had it when I woke up this morning. Sinus. My worst ever. Until I took Sinoff. Set for... Sinoff. Sinoff gives you all the pain relief of aspirin, plus relief from sinus pressure, congestion, even post-nasal drip. Send for... Sinoff. And for the fastest known form of congestion relief, Sinoff Spray. S-I-N-E-O-F-F. Sinoff. The sinus medicines in the bright red box. Is here. For occasional use only as directed. Here's news from Amana. You can get a $50 rebate check direct from Amana when you buy the Amana Touchmatic 2 Radar Range, the microwave oven that cooks by time, cooks to temperature, even holds at temperature to tenderize economy cuts of meat, and holds at serving temperature for late arrivals. So automatic it even remembers the time of day. So buy your radar range from your participating Amana retailer and get a $50 rebate check direct from Amana. Offer expires February 28, 1979. A cool reception for President Carter on his first day in Mexico. David Dow reports from Mexico City. Just six hours after arriving here, President Carter received the first pointed evidence of a new Mexico, backed by new oil wealth, determined to use that for new leverage and equality with the U.S. It came in the form of a luncheon toast by Mexico's president, Jose Lopez Portillo, which sounded more like a stern lecture to the U.S. president. Mexico has suddenly found itself the center of American attention, said Lopez Portillo. Attention that is a surprising mixture of interest, disdain, and fear, much like the recurring vague fears you yourselves inspire in certain areas of our national subconscious. At another point, the Mexican president warned that surprise moves are poisonous fruits, an apparent reference to the sudden scuttling by the U.S. of a deal for Mexican natural gas a year ago. 
The tone of Mr. Carter's toast was conciliatory with attempts at humor, alluding even to an attack of Montezuma's revenge the president said he suffered in a previous visit during a performance of Mexico's famous ballet folklorico. David Dow, CBS News, with the president in Mexico City. The big three U.S. car makers in Detroit report overall new car sales picking up, increasing 14.3% in early February. GM and Ford scored the gains, but Chrysler sales were down about 3%. Now this. Fred, it's after midnight. Oh, look what you've done. Will you stop eating and go to bed? You'll never get up in the morning for work. I can't get to sleep. I took an aspirin, but I'm still wide awake. Well, what did you expect? Aspirin's for headaches. You need a sleeping aid to help you fall asleep. I'll get you some Compose when I go shopping. Some what? Compose. Go to bed, will you, while I clean up this mess? Headache? Take aspirin. Sleepless night? Take Compose. C-O-M-P-O-Z. Taken as directed before you go to bed. Compose actually helps you fall asleep when you want to fall asleep at bedtime. So what else happened at the office today, Fred? Did you get the order for that new job? Fred? Fred, you asleep? That's Compose for you. Headache? Take aspirin. Sleepless night? Take Compose. C-O-M-P-O-Z. Take only as directed. Compose is available at all drug counters. The Illinois State Senate today rejected a rule change that would have made it easier to pass the Equal Rights Amendment there. Observers say the defeat drastically reduces chances ERA will be approved in Illinois in the next two years. It's the only northern industrial state that has not passed ERA and has been the focus of a strong pro-ERA campaign. David Jackson, CBS News. Dry's weather in Chicago, locally dense fog causing hazardous driving conditions, but warmer with periods of freezing drizzle. Temperatures will be steady or they will rise perhaps to a high of 35 by tomorrow. Tomorrow we expect more freezing drizzle becoming just plain drizzle and the snow likely by evening. Then on Thursday night, snow continuing with several inches accumulation possible. Windy with blowing snow and bitterly cold with lows 0 to 10 below. Friday, chance of snow flurries again at a high around 10 degrees. It's 27 degrees at all the reporting points in Chicago. The humidity is 100%. The wind east, 7 miles per hour. First in news, we're CBS News Radio 78, WBBM, Chicago. It's 9.32. This is Alan Bickley on News Radio 78. In the news tonight, I-57 murderer Henry Brisbane, now serving a one to 3,000-year prison sentence, has been indicted by a county grand jury on charges of murdering a fellow inmate.